You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Uncharted. Hey, kid. I'm a little young for a bartender, aren't you? A little old for prom, aren't you? Everything in here. Why the map? It's the biggest treasure that's never been found. Five billion easy. But it's just a story. I beg to differ. Five hundred years ago, my family found the world's biggest fortune, then was betrayed. People have been searching for it all in vain. Both of you turn your keys clockwise at the same time. Ah! Thanks a lot. You almost got me killed. Clockwise, Sully. Well, it was 50-50, so I made a guess. Clearly. But the voyage was not just about gold. It was something much more valuable. This girl has a very tragic history. So much blood. I'm pretty sure he just threatened to kill me. Oh, this is gonna suck! Don't get caught. You were just gonna leave me back there. Somebody had to get the cross. brother believed that there was a final piece. Well, you know what my brother said? You have no idea who you partnered with. What else aren't you telling me? The victor spoils. How are they gonna get them out of here? What is that thing on your face? Puberty's right around the corner, kid. You can grow your own. All right, everybody. You were just listening to the trailer for Uncharted, and the story is as follows. Nathan Drake and his wisecracking partner, Victor Sully Sullivan, embark on a dangerous quest to find the greatest treasure never found, while also tracking clues that may lead to Nate's long-lost brother. The film is starring Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, Sophie Ali, Tati Gabriel, and Antonio Banderas. It is directed by Ruben Fleischer, and it is written by Ralph Lee Jukins, Art Markham, and Matt Holloway. Here to join me today for this podcast review, I have Amy Smith. Hello, everyone. Danilo Castro. Hi, everybody. Sarah Clements. Hello, hello. And Josh Parham. Hello, hello. You know, right before we hopped on to this podcast review, I rewatched the like the popular uh, short film with Nathan Fillins uh, as Nathan Drake, and you know, you got Stephen Lang as Sully. It's like this 14 minute uh, short film that's on YouTube that you can check out. And to anyone that has not seen it, I highly urge them to do so. And if you've seen the new version of Uncharted starring Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland, and you've seen this short film, you can only think to yourself, what the hell went wrong? (laughs) It was all right there. It was being handed to them on a silver platter. Not saying you have to do exactly what the short film did here necessarily, but as a proof of concept, it showed that Uncharted, the video game, is something that can translate to the big screen as a video game adaptation, which is obviously a genre that Hollywood has still yet to figure out and they are struggling with. Um, Occasionally you get a good one here or there, but I don't think that they've cracked the code yet the way that they have with other things, like obviously horror, sci-fi, the superhero genre even. Uh, So video games are still struggling, and I think a large reason for that is because the processing power in video games has gotten so good now that playing games is its own cinematic journey that, in my opinion, sometimes eclipse the feeling of watching the movie itself, whether it be at home or in the cinema. The physical act of playing a game is much more immersive and creates a more Uh, like a stronger connection to the player, audience member, whatever you want to call it, you, the person, essentially. And I think that's why they have struggled, and that's why I think Uncharted has also continued to struggle here a bit. (laughs) There are other 
stumbling blocks along the way, which I'm sure we'll get into here. But if anyone here has played the games, feel free to talk about your experience with the Uncharted video game series from Naughty Dog and tell me your thoughts on the movie. So we'll start off first with Sarah Clements, because Sarah, I know you're a gamer. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think my reaction to the film may be like more positive than everyone else's just because, you know, I thought it was just a fun time at the movies. I saw it in IMAX. I was, there was never a moment where I felt I was bored. I liked all of the big action sequences, especially the um, pirate ships. But again, I, as someone who's played the games, I never really once felt like I was watching Nate and Sully on my screen, which kind of made the film feel very generic in comparison to the games, which I think is going, is the big sort of negative for a lot of people who grew up with the games. And but I feel like I liked that the search for the um, Nathan. It was more about Nathan's search for his brother than, you know, the gold, which sort of um, goes to how the the games are about that too. Like it's about instead of the treasure, it's about the relationships they build along the way. The friends he makes along the way. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. so I really felt like that felt that in the film, but it's hard to you know really fully enjoy it when you don't really feel like you're seeing Nathan and Sully on screen, especially when um, Mark Wahlberg made Sully kind of really unlikable. And I mean, I guess you could say, well, we don't know what Sully was like at that age, but still it was, it was weird to me, that aspect of it. Um, And also Antonio Banderas was done like super dirty, which we will discuss probably later. (laughs) Sure. But overall, you know, I had fun, um, which is really all I could ask for. As he says in the trailer, so much blood. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's hear next from Amy Smith. Amy, what did you think of Uncharted? Yeah, so I don't actually have any experience playing the game, so I can't really take that. I did know about the short film, and I knew everyone sort of fan-casted Nathan Fillion and this sort of older guy to play Nathan Drake. And then we get Tom Holland, who admittedly for me is the best part of his film. I can tell he's actually engaged with this franchise. He wants to make it a big thing, but everything else in this film just fell short for me i saw this as a large screen like there was over 100 people in my screen i was with like 15 of my workmates it should have been an experience where we were all cheering and having fun and i was just sat there like this is so generic this is so bland there's only like one or two good action sequences in here i didn't like any of the characters I felt the writing was incredibly cliched incredibly poor Antonio Banderas is done extremely dirty and like you're supposed to really care about Nathan Drake and his brother I just couldn't care at all I just found the writing to be incredibly poor and the opening scene the CGI in that is so bad and so shaky I was immediately taken out and I just struggled to get back into the story so I can't even say I'm disappointed because I went in thinking it was going to be bad and it was exactly as bad as I thought it was going to be okay all right so polar opposite opinions here let's toss it over to a tiebreaker Danilo Castro what did you think um, so similar to Amy, I was like peripherally aware of the Uncharted video games. I knew like the basic premise. I knew of the short film that everybody went crazy for. And I, I do think it was entertaining. It did, uh, with the little knowledge I had, it did at the time remind me of like sort of when that Deadpool, uh, footage leaked where people were just all on board with it. Yeah. yeah and it yeah. felt like, oh, maybe there was going to be some traction here. Cause like you said, Matt, it was like everybody suddenly was on board and it was like there was proof of concept here. So that was that was the basic sort of set of of, you know, facts that I had going into the movie. And uh, I got to say, even with my limited worldview here with this, I was pretty uh, disappointed. Um, I think this movie is it never really comes together. It feels it never quite congeals into, I think, a tone that is like specific to this movie. I feel like its DNA is so like composited from other movies and other franchises that it never really quite lands on its own sort of rhythm. And mm-hmm. that kind of just stuck in my head the whole time where it's like, oh, this is reminiscent of that or this is a joke that would be in this kind of a movie. And and so we'll get more into the specifics of that, I'm sure. But it never quite 
found its footing for me. And so by the end of the movie, I was kind of just left with this in one ear, out the other kind of experience. Okay. Yeah. I, I definitely know what you mean by that as well, because I too got the sense while watching this of, yeah, this is trying to be like a new national treasure, Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. but exactly. th- those just did it so much better. Yeah. All right. And Josh Parm, what about you? Well, I am somebody that, that plays like one video game every three or four years. So I am not really a big gamer myself, but Obviously, the Uncharted series is pretty popular. I know of it in the culture, even if I've never actually played it. And I do know that it does have even the game itself has some hallmarks to some other properties, uh, particularly like Indiana Jones. I I knew that going into this movie and how long they've been trying to make it. And whenever something has taken very long to make, you kind of go on with a little bit of skepticism, but hoping that it'll be a good time. But I do have to echo a lot of the sentiments of this feeling very generic to me. Um, yeah, most of the like big action set pieces, like they're okay, but none of them ever really like kind of get me too invested in it. I think that the finale actually gets silly in a good way, but I never felt like it really indulged in that tone in a way that really got me like excited to watch it. And yeah, I find that Tom Holland just yet again is sort of just another like bland action hero lead here. And you know, I, I want to root for him, but this just didn't really feel like something that he could carry himself. And it just and it doesn't help that he has material that I think really doesn't want to work with him either. So, like, as an action movie, it's not terrible. Like, some of the sequences are fine, but it is sort of missing something within its heart to make it unique to me. It does rely on a lot of ideas and tropes that you've seen in other movies. And because of that, it never really becomes something that singularly is like its own entertaining entity. So like at the end of the day, it's not terrible. Like it is somewhat watchable, but it's not really something that I would ever say is like a great thing that you should, you know, that you should like seek out right away. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hate this movie. I want to come out front and say that right away, that I didn't hate this. But while it didn't achieve those levels of expectation, uh, it didn't achieve the higher levels of expectation either. Like, I enjoyed some of the action sequences in this. I thought that the moments where the movie was faithfully recreating some of the more uh, cinematic and highly improbable gravity defying this would never happen in real life moments (laughs) i actually found that to be enjoyable believe it or not but the problem essentially boils down to a few different things i think danilo said it before that this movie can't really carve out its own identity for itself and i think the reason for that is down to the casting of the movie i think the casting is fundamentally flawed here the decision to age down both Nathan Drake and Sully from their video game counterparts, I understand it. I get it. I understand that they want someone younger to play Nathan Drake because in this day and age, it's not about making a movie. It's about making movies. And so Tom Holland can have a life with this franchise beyond Spider-Man. And I like Tom Holland. I've said this before. I don't mind Tom Holland. I actually think that he is really dedicated to a lot of the stuff that he does take on, whether they work or not. I think Cherry is like a great example of this where nothing really seemed to work, but man, he was giving it his all. And he's giving it his all here too from a physical standpoint. I really admire the stunt work that he's putting himself through here, more so than even in the Spider-Man films, because here, you know, he doesn't have the CGI uh, suit and everything. We can actually see that it is Tom Holland running and jumping and swimming and, you know, not falling out of a back of a cargo airplane, but, you know, th- there are some things going on here that are fun to watch him do. But I do think he is stuck in this awkward phase where he has such a baby face look where it looks like he can still be this teenager type naive little kid. But he's filling out from a physical standpoint, muscle wise, and he's starting to look like that masculine commanding, like leading man And I feel that he is just stuck somewhere in between the two. And this is kind of like an awkward transitional movie for him, both in his life and in his career, as well as a leading man in Hollywood. Unless if 
this is just the definition now of what a leading man is. Someone young that attracts a young Gen Z audience. Uh, but like when I think about the fact that he kind of pitched this as uh, James Bond at first and then it kind of transformed into Uncharted. I, I just started thinking to myself, like Tom Holland is James Bond? No. No, absolutely no, not. I'm having that conversation right now. <laughs> you know, but it got me just thinking about this idea of why couldn't we cast someone that was more like the actual video game character? It feels like every decision that this movie uh, was about came about because of the relationship between casting Tom Holland and Sony. And, you know, Ruben Flesher uh, also has a relationship with Sony having uh, directed venom uh and also um what was the other thing that he did that everybody seemed to like oh the zombie land uh yeah. movies mm -hmm. i think like all, almost all of his movies have been with sony now that i'm thinking about it actually so well not a gangster squad okay okay but almost all of them though but either way it just feels like instead of trying to make an uncharted movie they tried to make a movie that was built in a lab to make money and I think that that comes across on screen in terms of the chemistry between Holland and Wahlberg, uh, some of the lifelessness of the action, the story, the characters. And speaking of lifelessness, Mark Wahlberg, my God. Oh, yeah. You know, he was in consideration to play Nathan Drake at one point. Yeah, that, that's how long this movie's been in development is that he was originally at one point considered for the lead in this movie. Yeah. And I agree with you, Matt, that I think that he is. Like, I know that Antonio Banderas doesn't, you know, he's not given much to do, but I would say Mark Wahlberg is far worse. He is just, like, sleepwalking through this movie. And when he's, like, essentially, you know, the second lead, that is a big problem for me. I agree completely. I, I just found him to be so uncharismatic in this, and I really yeah. just did not feel that he was a good fit to play Sully. Uh, and I'm not just saying that from a video game reference standpoint. I'm also just saying that because Mark Wahlberg does not, to me, fit the prototype of a older, kind of rough around the edges, wise cracking. Uh, in, in this case, not so much surrogate father figure, but he's kind of acting as like the stand in brother figure that uh, Nathan Drake has been missing in his life. And I never got the sense that that bond between those two characters was forming because every time it seemed like they were getting close, there would be some level of mistrust that would come between them. And all of a sudden now uh, their relationship would kind of break apart. And so that should have been the, the selling point of this movie is a buddy movie between these two characters that is making you feel good watching both Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg bounce off each other comedically, get into all these action set pieces. This should have been fun. And instead, I just kind of like they, they tried. They tr keep trying to trick the audience into, oh, who can Nathan Drake trust? He can't trust anybody. And it wasn't fun. Um, that's what I was saying about how um, Mark Wahlberg kind of made Sully unlikable because there's really no moment in the games where like Nathan and Sully just like don't trust each other or like I don't even I mean my memory's not that great but I don't even think there's moments where they like really like fight or you know like they're just like a mentor and mentee is that a word <laughs> and that's fine if you want to like kind of start the relationship off that way but you got to have it grow kind of organically that by the end of the movie they've changed and i still never got a sense of that at the end when they're flying in those helicopters like did you feel the movie succeeded in capturing the essence of their partnership in the game by the end of the movie yeah i f i feel like it did in a way but not as strongly as I would have liked. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's why this in, the entire issue with the film is really just the characters and how they're written. Like, I feel like they didn't even play the games and they were sort of veering off, like thinking too much about how they would have been like when they first met, kind of. And it's like, yeah, that's valid. But, you know, we still need to feel these characters, right? I, I actually feel that they wrote the screenplay or shot the movie, maybe even like they probably did rewrites on the set, I'm sure. But they mm -hmm. it feels very much like this movie was changed to fit the mold of the personalities of Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg rather than creating or uh, 
recreating like the characters of Nathan Drake and Sully. No, yeah, I can see that 100%. I'm glad you doubled back on that, Matt, because I, I completely agree with you. And I think uh, to do that, you'd have to have such strong chemistry between your leads that it almost justifies it. And I don't think Holland and Wahlberg have that level of chemistry. It's also very odd to listen to Wahlberg refer to Tom Holland as kid throughout the entire movie. He must say it like at least 20 times, I'm sure. He just calls him kid. It could be a drinking game. And I'm looking at Tom Holland and I'm like, is he a kid? Is he? Like, this is a guy that's a bartender that's bringing women back to his apartment probably, you know? And he's like, I don't know. Like, is he a kid? <laughs> and then there's something in like the trailer of it that was like, Mark Wahlberg's character saying, oh, you're too young to be a bartender. And that scene just does not appear in the movie at all. No, because Tom Holland at this point is a freaking man. He's 25 <laughs> years old. But Sully in the games does call Nathan kid all the time. Uh, yeah, but like, I, I fine. But it's odd because... <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, I get that he's 50 years old. He doesn't even look, he doesn't look 50 years old. He still yeah, looks like he's 35 years old, you know? I mean, yeah, but counterpoint, like, Tom Holland's face. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is why, like I said, the casting is off to begin with. They should have had someone play Sully a bit older, maybe late 50s, early 60s. And in my opinion, Nathan Drake should have been someone in their 30s. But, you know, they cast Spider-Man because money. Well, and they did try to justify it by saying that this was more of like an origin story between the two of them. And as somebody who has little to no affiliation with the actual game, like that necessarily doesn't bother me. All of that would be justified if there was chemistry between the two of them. And there is zero. There is not one moment where I believe for a second that they would even like have a conversation that would last more than five minutes, let alone go on this like uh, adventurous trek together, even if it is begrudgingly. I think that is, to me, the fundamental flaw. It's not necessarily their casting in these characters. Like, that could work if they had, like, a bond with each other, but there's just nothing there, and I'm not invested in either one of their journeys because they don't really bounce off of each other in an authentic way that makes me care. What do you guys think of Sophia Ali as Chloe Frazier? I, I thought that she and Holland had a couple of good scenes together in their chemistry, but it still wasn't quite reaching the peak levels that it needed to to carry this movie. I think she was my favorite out of all three, honestly, but it might be because I just love Chloe so much as a character and I felt like I could see her in um, Sophia's performance. But yeah, still the chemistry was sort of lacking there as well. I think she was underwritten. Um, I don't know that much about her character based, you know, from the video games, but I think they, I think the actors themselves did an okay job, but I just, there wasn't a ton on the page for her to do. Yeah, you don't. I agree with that as well. Yeah, I thought, I know it's like, what, 12, like it's supposed to be for kids, but I would have liked to see a little more heat. I don't know if Uncharted is meant to be more of an adult game, but I think it would have maybe benefited from taking a few more risks, playing it up a bit more, and instead, it, you can tell where it's going in the end. It just falls flat due to the screenplay once again. Wait, are you referring to the potential like romantic angle between yeah, Nathan Drake yeah. and? Okay, gotcha. Going on Amy's point about if the games are more adult, my issue with if they keep doing this franchise, my big I will start hating it because this film feels very family friendly and the games are low key, like really scary at times. Like it goes into horror a lot. And I feel like because they're trying to make this so family friendly, they'll never touch that. And some of my favorite parts of the games are the scary bits. Right. And so I feel like it'll just ruin it if they keep this, you know, family friendly vibe. And those were like actually some of the more enjoyable parts of the movie for me were the puzzle solving elements, even though they were, in my opinion, like uh, kind of tame compared to other movies that I feel like we've seen before. Uh, watching the characters try to pull off either this elaborate like heist during the auction scene or when they're using the keys to uh, unlock secret passageways and then encountering booby, uh, booby traps and things like that. I found those elements to be fun to watch, even though I've seen them done better in other movies before. 
Yeah, yeah, the key scene is my favourite scene in this movie and especially the bar scene right in the middle of that because one, you're so confused as to why there's like this nightclub in the middle of this but also that <laughs> scene is well shot and has the best action in the entire film in my opinion and annoyingly they actually released that clip to the public before the movie was out but it just felt like we're, like that entire scene including when the water's filling up there's actually some tension there which... Unfortunately, I didn't feel for the rest of the film. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that, that the uh, like the puzzle solving scene is the best part of the movie. I had to disagree with you, Matt, if it the, uh, the auction. I found that to actually be kind of very stilted. And, you know, we go into that scene saying, like, you know, Sully tell telling Nathan, like, you know, cut off the power and then I'll do the rest. Like, I, I got I got that. And. His his plan is like really that that's what you were gonna do like that that's what this whole scene was leading up to was you just like flipping up your jacket and pretending oh to oh be it's armed. lazily written for sure I agree with you on that just the build up to that was so weird I think what sells it for me though is Tom Holland's um stunt work uh you know there's been mm-hmm. a couple of interviews where he talks about like wanting to emulate like Jackie Chan a little bit. And there's even like that moment where he slides down the um, what is it like lighting fixtures, if you will. That's like straight out of a police story. And Uh, I I admire the commitment that Holland is bringing to these fight sequences, you know, taking on the henchmen and things like that. And I do think that he at times, not all the time, but at times does nail the wisecracking elements of Nathan Drake, because let's face it, he does that as Spider-Man as well. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. I admit that I can give Holland a lot of credit for his commitment to the stunt work and the physicality. I think, unfortunately, it is undercut severely by the visual effects that surround those scenes. Yeah. Like, even in that scene, yeah, you get to see him, like, clearly he is, like, holding on to something, but it's very obvious that there is green screen surrounding him. And, obviously, the plane sequence later, which is, like... (laughs) So bad. I'm sorry. It it really is. And that, to me, really just devalues so much of the stunt work that they're trying to showcase in this movie when you've got it surrounded by really flat looking visual effects. I'm kind of amazed, actually, that the green screen work on the cargo plane sequence looked as bad as it did. I was like a video game. (laughs) I was well, that that element of it, like. Actually seeing the physics of it, you know, the piece of cargo flying out, Nathan Drink jumping from piece to piece, like that's straight out of the video game, straight out. 
that didn't bother me. It was more about the background elements and the lighting of the scene that threw me off. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. It yeah. it really is. And I mean, like, I know you said that like the physics breaking stuff doesn't bother you that much. And normally it wouldn't for me either. But I think it goes back to this movie not really having like a boyish energy to it. So that when it does get to these very big sequences where physics like don't really make that much sense, but you need it to be that way just to have a fun action sequence. It it didn't really like traverse that territory to to get to that threshold for me because the tone of the movie just never really seemed that indulgent to begin with for me. I almost can't believe that this movie opens up with him flying through the air in that sequence. And it's though as if uh, the movie pulls, you know, a Zola and is like, you want to know how me and this bitch fell out? <laughs> I, mean, I was waiting if there was going to be an actual record scratch. To be yeah. I thought this was going to be that kind of a movie. You're probably wondering how I ended up here. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely felt like it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Even Jesus. the finale is also like very silly like that, too. But I have to admit that that was the point when I was almost willing to say, OK, yeah, we got, you know, centuries old ships hanging by helicopters in the air and people are jumping all back and forth through them. And it's like this is also incredibly ridiculous. But for some reason, that was the one point where I was like, okay, I can maybe kind of go with it. The energy still isn't there. Like, it still hasn't gotten to the point where I'm, like, fully into it. But at, that was the one point where it's like, okay, it's the big finale. Everything's escalating. It's really silly and grandiose. But it is, like, kind of working a little bit for me. Not enough to save this thing, but that's when it was finally like, all right, I can sort of be on board with the silliness at this point. Do you think the movie had just worn you down by that point? Maybe. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sometimes I have to question that. I, I actually agree. I think by that point, I too felt worn down. And I have a note here in my um, in my notebook saying in all capitals, no way <laughs> would a helicopter lift that ship. No. And no. yet the more of a sequence went on, I kind of gave myself over to it, like you're saying, Josh. And I was like, OK, like I've had my moment where I'm like, there's no way this would ever happen. But let's just see where it goes and let's just enjoy it for what it is, because this is what we're getting. Yeah, I, well, love, a good like old, <laughs> I love a good old swashbuckling adventure. So I was having a blast. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't blame you. I, I can understand <laughs> wholeheartedly why somebody would watch this and definitely have a good time with it still. But I just kept thinking to myself how these visual effects could have been better. The character work could have been better. And the action sequences mm -hmm. could have stayed exactly the same. But I would have been more invested in the characters and the story. And that's what would have made it all work so much better for me. Uh, now, like, I don't want to get too heavy into spoilers here. But Antonio Banderas. I love Antonio Banderas. Who doesn't love Antonio Banderas? And I think that he plays, you know, the menacing villain ruthlessness type like you know he's pretty he's pretty good in in those moments i think even though <laughs> I, I can only i can only imagine like ruben fleischer's uh direction to him like deeper antonio make your voice deeper <laughs> it's scarier when it's deeper antonio mysterious as possible yeah but um him getting uh, all right i'm sorry if if you've if you haven't seen the movie skip ahead uh, if you have seen the movie, keep listening. But when he gets dispatched in the third act of this movie and the real villain emerges as Joe Braddock, I I was I was very disappointed because not only did we spend time establishing Santiago uh, Moncada's uh, motivations and the relationship with his father and all of that. It then made all of those scenes feel absolutely pointless and a waste of time mm -hmm. that we got to mm -hmm. that conclusion with him. And also Antonio Banderas is just so much fun to watch. Why not have him continue the whole way through as your main villain of the story? It was also just very tiring to have this whole who can you trust, who can you not trust, to even go into the villain side of the story. I was like, I don't mm -hmm. need this. It's just giving me a headache at this point instead of being this fun journey. And I thought Tati uh, Gabri uh, Gabrielle was really good in what she was given to do, but not 
established and written well enough that she could fill the slot that Antonio Banderas had left behind at that point as a as a henchman type who or henchwoman type that's able to be uh, Antonio Banderas's right hand woman to carry out all of his deeds and everything. She was perfect for that. But becoming like the central villain of the movie that the characters have to deal with in the final act. None of that worked for me. Yeah, I mean, I love a good female villain, but she's definitely less interesting in comparison to Antonio. And it's, I, like, my biggest problem with the film, I think, is that Antonio and, spoiler, but Antonio and Tom Holland don't really have, like, a big epic showdown. Like, I would have loved to see them, you know, fight at the end of the film, and we just never get that. Yeah. Yeah, Braddock as a character just, like, like, she's the number two villain, and that's mostly what she's here for but yeah when she is elevated to the main villain after she dispatches of Antonio Banderas in this film it's like I don't know there was also part of me that's like wait a minute but like you're just some nobody like why are people gonna follow you like it didn't make even sense in the logic of the storytelling because like the Banderas character is like you know a billionaire <laughs> that's why he can hire all these people why are people now just gonna follow you who who are you within the structure of this story and that was a, an element really lacking to me also Banderas I actually did not really feel like he was that good in this film he he also felt like somebody that just showed up for the check for like five days of work and this is gonna surprise you Matt but I was honestly like I was looking at the days of Doolittle and thinking, you know what? He's not good at that movie either, but at least he's doing something oh, in God. that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave it uh, Danilo PTSD. I, I can understand. <laughs> and, and believe me, it, like Doolittle does not bring back good memories for me either. But <laughs> he is memorable in Doolittle. You can at least say that. I remember nothing of what he does in this movie. I think um, I, I think Banderas is somewhat memorable. I think part of it, and I don't know if this applies to you, Josh. I think he's one of the few aspects of the film that's like somewhat properly casted. And so he has to do very little. But at least I feel like it makes sense when you're looking at him in comparison to Wahlberg and Holland is like, eh, they don't really suit or fit the mold. I feel like Banderas at least fit the mold, even if he's not doing like a ton I can agree with that. I can agree that he is proper casting for that character, but I also feel like he doesn't do that much to make him more than what's on the page even. So like he's doing the bare minimum and his yeah. minimum is better than other people's like actual <laughs> effort for sure. But even still, I wanted it there to be like, he's the villain. He should be like maybe the most interesting thing about this movie. And he was just another element that just kind of felt like a flat line to me. Like I wanted more. And then when he's dispatched, even that just felt like, you know, he gets his throat cut in the most like PG 13 way imaginable. So even his death isn't that exciting to watch either. And it's like, no, oh, we're just moving on. And yeah. Okay, fine. I, I agree with that aspect of it. Definitely. And then another thing too, before we get to final thoughts here is I think this movie has one of the more, confusing post-credit sequences I've ever seen in a movie. I was lost for oh, a bit yeah. because I didn't know if Pillow Asback was meant to be playing uh Nathan Drake's brother at first. Yeah. Yeah, I was I got no idea. <laughs> I, I was very, very confused by the way that that was all set up. And to my surprise, we got two mustache origin stories in a single month here which i i, I was not expecting that either <laughs> so yeah that, that post credit sequence um which is obviously obviously clearly supposed to be setting up another uncharted movie let's just let like let's just skip ahead to a thief's end you know let's just let's let's cut out all the middle stuff let's just get because obviously we got to do another one after this right they 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 have to um, I mean, they don't have to, but they're going to. So they're going to. Yeah, I don't know. Just uh, I, I was not intrigued. I was not excited. They didn't leave this off in a way that had me going. Oh, OK, well, you know, this was fine ish, bordered on bad at times. There's room for potential for it to get better. No, I kind of just left this movie going. I don't care. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that post credit scene definitely felt like it was taking a cue from Marvel as to really steer into information that fans of the original property would get and not really general audiences. But 
Like, I don't have a problem with that in general, but their execution was just like, I have no idea what is happening. I don't know who this character is. I don't know where they are. And I get you're setting up something down the road, and this is something that people who know the games would probably really understand. But there was no even, like, basic orientation of what this scene was. It felt completely out of place. I didn't even know what time period it was supposed to be because yeah. Sully has the mustache now. So it's like it really felt like almost like a scene from not just a different movie, but just like it was completely out of context of everything that I needed that it just felt like, why is this here? I have nothing to orient myself. Mm-hmm. Completely agreed. Sarah, final thoughts on the movie. Anything that we didn't talk about that you want to mention or reiterate? Um, how do we all feel about the fight in the Papa John's? (laughs) (laughs) That's my final thought. Oh, you gotta love product placement. Um, uh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) More practical than some of the other ones. Yeah, I mean, like, that's kind of what sold it for me. I still wasn't glowing, but at least it had that going for it. Because, like I said, any scene where there's CGI, it's like, (laughs) ooh, (laughs) this is is a struggle. I was trying to end things on a fun note. No, 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 I hear you. That's my final thought. (laughs) Uh, All right, cool. Amy, what about you? I don't even have any final thoughts. This is... Like, Tom Holland, I still think, does the best that he can with this franchise. But it's just so poor. It's so lifeless. Uh, Like, this should be a popcorn flick. And like I said, I was with 100 plus people and we were just bored. But it was one thing that got a laugh out of me. And that was the Scottish guy because I'm Scottish and I can totally, like, relate to the fact that people can't understand our accents. He was a lot of fun. (laughs) And I wish we just got more of him in this film. But Tom Holland's (laughs) line delivery of... I'm sorry is like actually (laughs) genuinely hilarious. I can relate to people saying that to me. Like, yeah, so this is a popcorn flick and it should be fun, but I was just bored despite having like a hundred plus people and you just, I just couldn't feel the energy. And I think that says a lot about the movie. Yeah. Danilo. Tom Holland. There's a, there's a vehicle out there for him. That's not Spider-Man. And I hope he finds it soon because We've we've hit a few kind of painful bumps, I think, uh, in his attempts to sort of venture outside of Marvel. So here's hoping I'm so optimistic that he finds the right vehicle for him and and his talents, because I do think he is fun to watch. Uh, and he's trying here. God help him. He's trying here. So, you know, fingers crossed for for whatever he does in the next couple of years. Josh Parham. Yeah, at the end of the day, this movie, it's not terrible. Like, I've said a lot of things that are wrong with the movie, but, like, overall, it is, like, kind of barely passable. Like, the action sequences are pretty bland, but it's not like they're poorly shot. They're just missing something to, like, make them exceptional. And I feel like that's my feeling with a lot of this movie. Like, it's passable. It's doing kind of the bare minimum to be a general kind of pleasing action vehicle, but it's not really possessing anything that makes it feel unique or or makes you really want to dive in to be invested with this world and these characters. And I think that's just the big problem. It, it just feels like it is so glossy on the surface, but it is very sort of hollow in its soul. And, you know, in the moment, it's okay. You know, it's, this is to me like one of those movies like back in the day when you were like actually flipping channels and you come on like TNT and it was <laughs> already like 30 minutes in. It's like, yeah, okay, fine. I'll just watch this on like a slow Sunday afternoon. And, like it's that kind of a movie, which, you know, though there's room for those movies to exist in a certain regard, but it doesn't really excite me all that much. And even though generally I do think Tom Holland is, you know, a decent actor and he's a nice guy, I root for him, but this particular property, I don't feel like he carries all that well. And it doesn't help that he has zero chemistry with, with Mark Wahlberg. So, yeah, like at the end of the day, it's okay. It's not bad. It's somewhat watchable, but it's nowhere near an exceptional piece of filmmaking at all. I like Tom. I don't like Mark in this. I actually think this is like almost like borderline Razzie level work from him. That's how much I feel like he is just miscast it's just i i almost wonder if he is begrudgingly doing this because he still feels that he could play nathan drake i i wonder but 
Uh, a couple of different things here that I want to point out. You know, for the final cave that they discover where the ships are at the very end of the movie, it's not really that hidden, is it? Like, they talk about how this has never been discovered before. How? How has no one found this? It's a giant hole <laughs> the side of the cliff. That, <laughs> yeah, like, okay, you gotta, like, dive underneath some rocks, but, like, nobody has decided to do that? No, like, rogue scuba divers have <laughs> gone out there to just explore? If, like, if, these, yeah. uh, if these divers in the rescue could do that kind of cave diving and rescue those kids, then somebody definitely could have found these fucking ships. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, yeah, well, well, it sort of almost, like, goes back to how that... Uh, auction heist ended with, you know, like I said, Sully just turning his jacket inside out and blending in with the with the crew. It's like you're building up to something so big and grandiose and the revelation is relatively simple. Like, it didn't really feel like it was all that creative of an avenue to get there. And everything I didn't bring up earlier is that I feel the meetup between Sully and Nathan Drake is incredibly rushed. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Mark Wahlberg shows up at the bar, recruits him, And it just seems to happen so quickly that I feel like the movie did not spend a significant amount of time really nailing down who either character even was up until that point for us to care about their meetup. So right there, fundamentally, I think there's a flaw in the script of not establishing your characters well enough. And then when the plot is already moving and we're already in the adventure, like I I give points to the movie for having a good pace. I never felt like it ever dragged. It kept moving the whole time, which I appreciate. But they sacrificed a lot of character work along the way in order to make that happen, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, for a pit pocket uh, thief type that Nathan Drake is supposed to be in this movie, uh, I really feel that that was kind of underutilized uh, and it feels like he's the one that's actually getting duped by other characters more often than not. So I found that to be quite odd. Like that should be his thing. He should be the one that's actually, you know, pitpocketing others and duping them and kind of being the one that is using his wits to his advantage. Instead, I got this sense all the time that Tom Holland was kind of an idiot as Nathan Drake. And when he was in like these action fight sequences too, he's hitting people and he's like constantly like doing his whole, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, oh, and it's just like, nah, man, that's not Nathan Drake. What are you doing? Yeah. The, the pit pocketing, that was also something else where it's like, once again, sort of the bare minimum of presentation, which is just, oh, you bumped into somebody and suddenly you have like half of their stuff. Like, I don't think that's how it works, but okay, fine. <laughs> they could have incorporated that into the script, I think, a little bit better for some more crowd-pleasing moments, let's just say. I do find it hilarious that at the very end of the movie when they're in the helicopters and they need the headsets to talk, yeah. Prior to that moment where Mark Wahlberg is like, you know, pointing to the headset and he's like, oh, and he put and, you know, Nathan Drake puts it on. I'm like, you guys could hear each other before those action sequences. Really? <laughs> like you guys were yeah, communicating we were on the cargo box. <laughs> yeah. Just, Come on. Uh, Come on, people. It's like either be silly or not. Like pick one or the other. Exactly. Oh, and one final thought. I rolled my eyes so hard when Nathan Drake said the line nuns why does it always got to be nuns and I was like yeah you motherfucker (laughs) I mean that is not the only time they like directly reference Indiana Jones in this movie no but really that was it wasn't even funny. Well, like, I can understand why they thought it was funny. Like, I oh. could see the the joke construction, but yeah, it did not land at all. Like, you're going to compare nuns because he grew up in, to snakes? What? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I didn't know what to think. Yeah, it's, it's derivative. It is. But like, yeah. to be honest, like, isn't the game itself like, openly acknowledging that it is also referencing like Indiana Jones and other action adventure stuff too. So like, I, again, I don't necessarily mind that it's just their execution of it. If it was fun, then I would go with it. (laughs) Yeah. Overall, I still didn't hate this. I, I think a large reason for that might be because I have played the games, albeit a long time ago, only once for each one of them, and 
Uh, I should be more disappointed, but I'm not. And I think a large reason for that is because, like I said, it, it, it was brisk. It moved. Tom Holland, I can sense the effort. I see it on the screen. And there were a few sequences in this where, although they weren't exceptional, they were good enough. I'll be, I'll be generous with this one. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. Danilo, what about you? Um, I'll, I'll be a little less generous. I'm, I'm going to go with a three. Okay. I don't think, I, I also don't have the association that you do with the games, so that might account for the, the discrepancy there, but as a movie by itself, without a ton of context, I'm, I'm going to give it a three. Amy, what about you? Yeah, I'm on the same line as Danilo. I don't have the affection for this franchise, but I'm also going three out of ten. Sarah? Um... I don't know. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun, even though it has so many issues. So I think I'm going to give it a five. A five. Okay. Josh Parm? Well, you see, I'm actually also going to give it a five. But for me, a five is like something that is very bland and generic. Like, I didn't hate it. But I didn't really like it all that much either. It just sort of sat on the screen. I was like, yeah, that that's what it is. So, like, to me, a four is when I, like, actively don't like something. And I, I can't say that I actively did not like this movie, but I also did not actively like it either. It was just very, very bland to me. So, like... There's an audience, I guess, if you wanted to see a bland, generic action movie one day, like, this is it for you. But, yeah, it, it's not terrible, but it's not really good either. And the only Oscar prospect for a movie such as this would be visual effects, and we know how that went. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's going to make the shortlist at all. Nope, not at all. Although, as a side note, I will say, if you are into uh, sunken ships uh discovery movies there's a great movie from sundance called descendant which will be out later this year it's documentary definitely check that one out shameless plug <laughs> sarah clements where can i find you on the internet you can find me on twitter at mildred's fears amy smith you can find me on twitter at films of amy danilo castro on twitter at danilo s castro and josh parham you can find me on twitter at jr parham and you can find me in Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.